Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Ready to go. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow is underway on this Tuesday edition. Glad you're with us. Network includes this YouTube channel. You may be watching. If you're listening to us on this great radio partner, we hope you'll subscribe to the channel. You can get clips and shows on demand, interviews, and more from all of the great programs here on Outkick. Chad, uh, another jam-packed show today. Michael McHenry joins us with the very latest across Major League Baseball. Plenty to hit there as the grind for the postseason is well underway. John McClain with tons of headlines across the NFL. Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott leading those, uh, plus quarterback battles and more. He joins us in hour number two. Dan Dockich does as well, host of Don't At Me. And Christian Hackenberg, former Penn State Nittany Lion and uh, brief uh, with uh, in the NFL, will compare the dominance of college for him to trying to make the transition into rookie NFL quarterback and the difficult nature that those guys face and compare it to uh, the big names that are trying to earn a starting role or have already that are in camp currently. Chad, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hutton. I am fired up, ready for a big show today. Great guest list and uh, plenty of uh, huge topics that broke last night and this morning to get to. Yeah, we start with the Jets and... Dalvin Cook. We asked the question yesterday with Ezekiel Elliott signing with New England. Who's left for Dalvin Cook? Turns out on the same day, he's headed to New York while Ezekiel Elliott is headed to Boston and Foxborough. Uh, At least a a $7 million contract for Dalvin Cook on a one-year deal. And it could be up to 8.6 based on incentives. It makes him the seventh highest paid running back this upcoming season across the league. And for the Jets, they get a veteran back who has rushed for at least 1,100 yards each of the last four years. They get him on a one-year contract and another chance to prove it and earn it for Cook. They load up with another very talented player who was doing great things with the Vikings who released him based on salary cap concerns. And that also gives some insurance for Brees Hall who's coming off of a, uh, an ACL injury. Dalvin Cook may not practice for a week or so. He's coming off a shoulder surgery. Plus, uh, he has a child, I believe, that's due in the upcoming week or so. But point being, this is an all-in team. It has been, and this doesn't just confirm it. It seals the deal that they're making the run for the Super Bowl in 2023 based on the one-year contracts and incentives built in across their roster. And now the only thing left to find out, not is it going to be an all-star team, but what kind of all-star team is this going to be? Is this going to be a collection of talent that gathers and goes and wins big and wins a Super Bowl for the Jets? Or is this going to be the 2000 Redskins when they formed an all-star team that was terrible uh, early on in Daniel Snyder's tenure as Washington's owner? I, I don't know. But Dalvin Cook... In the backfield as a weapon, not just running the ball, but his ability to catch as a, as a pass catcher, 
is huge for Aaron Rodgers and this offense. And to get him at that price, this is not necessarily a story about the underrated money market for running backs out there. It's a story about now what the Jets have compiled with that roster. But at $8.6 million tops, yep. they're going to pay Dalvin Cook on that team with Garrett Wilson as an option. And now Dalvin Cook is both a rushing and receiving option with Aaron Rodgers. Look out. Uh, on paper, championships aren't won on paper. We can say that every time. But on paper, this team is incredible. I went Stack. back last night, Hutton, and watched, because I enjoyed it so much, a little bit more of that first Hard Knocks episode. Uh, I was showing Angie some of it who hadn't seen it. And watching some of that, and then just hearing it again, that it was Sauce Gardner matched up with Garrett Wilson. That was the AP Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year on the same team. And knowing how they're going to be going head-to-head in practice for years to come, and you've got that type of corner and that type of receiver, I mean, hopes are high for the Jets, and they should be. And Brees Hall was running with effective production. He looked great. Prior to his injury, and he was activated today off of PUP. So he's back. They're getting Dalvin Cook added in. Michael Carter in the backfield as well. It's a stacked roster, and you're right. The question to ask, and we'll get into this with McLean, is this a feel of true Super Bowl contender, or are we looking at the NFL version of the New York Mets? Yeah, that, that's, that's another other, good, more recent example. Yeah, but the only difference is there is a cap that they, are, they have to adhere to, unlike paying a tax to go well over it like they saw uh, with the Mets this year. Chad, I don't know what the, the buyout here is on the settlement, but Sage Steele, who turned, reportedly turned down a $501,000 settlement offer from Disney and ESPN this past June, uh, based on a lawsuit, lawsuit she filed uh, saying that uh, her, her First Amendment rights were uh, tried to, they tried to slam the door on that whenever they suspended her for the comments made about COVID, saying that the, the COVID mandates... Uh, were scary, and I believe she used the word sickening with Jay Cutler's podcast. They suspend her for that, and she said her First Amendment rights were infringed upon, uh, freedom of speech, and she turned down the $500,000 offer, but posted today that they've settled this lawsuit. Life update, Sage writes, having successfully settled my case with ESPN Disney, I've decided to leave so I can exercise my First Amendment rights more freely. I am grateful for so many wonderful experiences over the past 16 years, and I'm excited for my next chapter. Hashtag still strong. She has certainly been that throughout this process, and she got more than the 501, although we don't know the bottom line figure here. She held firm, and she wasn't a part of the layoffs because she was a part of this lawsuit, even though she was leaving anyway as soon as it was settled out of court. Hutton is someone not that have sued my employer or received any type of settlement or buyout at any point. I've not been that lucky to receive that. We have negotiated exits from a company. Yeah. And we can be the first to tell you that everything is negotiated. Even how you announce your exit is negotiated. So when you see that, I have decided to leave so I can exercise my First Amendment rights more freely. And I have successfully settled my case the ESPN Disney. That was negotiated through lawyers, exactly how she was going to word it, exactly what she was going to say. I don't know how much more money she got. Maybe it's not a lot more money, and it was more of that, that Sage Steele was going to leave with her dignity and not be forced to apologize again 
the way she was before because she said she was forced to apologize or lose her job. And I think the apology was something like, I know that I've put the company under pressure, and for that I apologize. Did not apologize for her statements, but said that she brought undue publicity or something like that to the company, to ESPN and Disney, and she apologized for that. She wasn't going to be forced to apologize again, and she was going to let everyone know, I won. This was a successful settlement for me. I'm leaving so I can more freely exercise my First Amendment rights. Good for Sage Steele. Now, she was making $3 million a year. They offered her a $500,000 settlement with a lawsuit. Is she going to make all of her contract that's left as well? I've read that a number of ESPN employees that were let go got paid their full remaining contract. Either that or they were paid for a year. Yeah, for the somewhere. rest of the year. Yeah. yeah. But either way, I mean, that's, that part of it's good for those that got laid off. They at least got some money on the way out. But look, I mean, good for Sage Deal. I think this was an important win to show that even though you work for a big corporation and they can talk all scary and they can intimidate you and it's a much bigger machine than you are, you don't have to do something you know is wrong in order to keep your job. And she was able to fight them off and she ends up, as she said, successfully settling with ESPN and Disney. And I wonder what this leads to, you know, with the forced apologies that we see so often now. You know, I'm, I'm sorry uh, if you were offended. I'm sorry I offended you kind of apology. Um, knowing that if you don't believe it, you shouldn't do it, quite frankly. And she did it, but then certainly filed the lawsuit where she goes out the way she wants to go out instead of handling something or doing a job that she doesn't really believe in. So more power to her there, and I hope she lands somewhere that's going to make her extremely happy and, and wealthy and somewhere where she can speak her mind. I think, Hutton, that we're seeing now, we're in this apology cycle, you know, the forced apology by everyone, whether they mean it or not. Here's my apology. You know, uh, chat GPT could form your apology for you, and it's all the same thing. We now have this cottage industry of groups and people and websites and media brands that never apologize. That I don't think you're ever well, going to see an apology from. Publicly, they don't. Yeah. But, I'm, you know, who knows what's going on behind but the scenes. But my, my point is, like, it, it's still a small minority, right? No doubt. But there are groups that we're never going to apologize. I, I think the Dave Portnoy buying, buying back Barstool for a dollar is part of that, right? I mean, they – Mincy got fired by the corporation, and then Dave Portnoy and Erica Nardini came out and defended – their guy and went after their parent corporation. Never apologize, and that's part of that brand. There are others also that that aren't apologizing. I don't I don't see many apologies coming from Outkick uh, people either. That's another part of this cottage industry of never apologize for anything. So I do think that tide is starting to turn a bit. But to Sage Steele's point, it's still the vast majority that's always forced to apologize, whether they believe it or not. And uh, the four letter network that demands uh, full authority over. Uh, apologies or referencing uh, certain uh, issues across the sports landscape that certainly cross over into politics. Uh, the, the free speech of some on the network compared to trying to shadow, shadow ban others behind the scenes. In this case, it doesn't win. And they certainly have to change some policies based on the fact that steel goes out this way instead of just being one of the many that were laid off a couple of months ago. Chad, uh, the Tuies and Michael Orr. 
Speaking of forced apologies. Yeah. Maybe there will be some forced apologies maybe. coming soon. So we didn't hear, uh, other than a statement that was uh, made a couple of years back in a book, I believe, that Sean Leontui wrote. We didn't hear from them yesterday, except uh, on a quick hit on Barstool Radio. Here is Sean Tui discussing what Michael Orr uh, filed through a Shelby County, Tennessee court with his attorney yesterday saying that he did not learn until this past February that he had signed a document making the Tuies conservators over all things or last name or name image likeness. When he signed it in 18, he said he was tricked into signing it, thinking it was for a full adoption into the family. And that took everyone by surprise with this news because he's saying that the blindside story is fabricated and a lie. Here is Sean Tui discussing that with Barstool Radio. I'm gonna preface by saying that I, I love Mike at 16. I love Mike at now he's, what, six and a half years old at 37, and then I love him at 67. So th there's not gonna be any legal dossier or, or thing that happens that's gonna maybe, you know, go like, screw that guy, it's, it's not the case. I'll, I'll be mad at him. But to your initial point, no, I mean, if he says he learned that in February, I find that hard to believe. There's so I went back to my text today to look at, I was curious today randomly to go back to look at our family group texts and, and text to see what things had been said. And there were things back in 2020, 2021 that they were like, you know, if you guys give me this much, then I won't go public with things. And so I don't know that's true. I think everyone learned in the past year about the conservatorship stuff because of Britney Spears. So maybe that's the case. And so hearing that, saying if he's got texts from Michael Orr who says, hey, Give me this much and I won't go public. And this was 2020 or 2021. Yeah, it's blackmail. Yes. And that also makes whatever's been filed in court inaccurate and false. Uh, this is going to be fascinating to follow because the, the documents that, will, that he said he, he signed and didn't know it when he was 18 compared to when he found out, he's 37 now. Um, and then whatever Sean Tui is saying about text messages that he's referencing but didn't show in 2020 or 2021, the back and forth and the discovery process of this, it's, it's going to be lengthy if it gets to the court. And if it doesn't, the negotiations behind the scenes and statements made are going to be you know, like a, a tennis match back and forth, who's lying and who's not, and who should we believe and who shouldn't we believe based on the story that we certainly found out in depth with a, a, a movie that made $300 million over the course of the release of a very popular film, The Blind Side. Well, this is a perfect soap opera for sports that's taking place right now. So because everybody knows the story because of the movie. Yeah. And if you read the Michael Lewis book, and there's so many conflicting claims and reports that's out there. So the Tui family is saying uh, originally – we negotiated a deal with Michael Lewis. We got a one-time payment for the, the rights to the movie in his book from him and his camp in the movie studio. $250,000. $250,000 that, that someone claimed Michael received as well Yeah, five, up front. Five payments, yes. Now, here's where it gets a little weird is Orr's claiming they've continued to make millions after the fact. Sean Tui Jr. says in that same interview later on, I, we haven't really made that much. He said, I'd say 60 to 70K over the last two to three years. Okay? Last two to three years. Yeah. 
and that's also not nothing. And that's 70K over two or three years. Are you making that every two to three years? Because if so, that supports the claim. And the fact you're saying you've made that money in the last two to three years tells me Michael Lohr may be right about this claim, that there's some sort of royalty split that he's not seeing. That, and I agree with Orr. He should see that royalty split on it if something's going on after the fact. And, Chad, it was a, it, what's in the court filing is they sold the story in perpetuity to 20, 20th Century Fox and that it was 2.5% of all of the net earnings from the film, which grossed $300 million, roughly. Yeah, and I also think um, the family's clearly got on the same page. Uh, SJ Tui says, I loved him at 16. I love him at 37. I lo-. Right. Sean Tui released the same statement to the Daily Memphian. He said, I'm going to love the kid today just like I did when he was 16, and we're still going to love him, yada, yada, yada. Look, the, the plot thickens on this thing. I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong, but I'm going to keep following. And you know what they didn't say? Adoption or son. Just, just Michael Orr. This, this man. Michael McHenry joins us next with the latest on Major League Baseball here on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network rolls on. Coming up in a couple of minutes, Michael McHenry will join the show. You can join us in multiple ways. You can stream us live each and every day on YouTube and other social platforms. Outkick.com is also where you can find us. Or on this great radio station each day, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Chad, your Atlanta Braves... The, the, the offensive output from this team is insane. You know, it, it is steroid era good. Uh, I mean, steroid era. It is your prime time of baseball fandom. But it's not a, everyone was juicing good. But it's a team that doesn't like, look like steroid era. No, prime. Not, not a single guy you know looks what I mean? like McGuire or Bonds or any of those guys. They're not all bulked up. What do you attribute this to? Just, they're just great. Great at offense. I mean, really good hitters. 
Um, we'll, we'll talk with Michael McHenry a little bit in a little bit, but Ozzy Albies missed his first start of the year, 117 games into the season last night. He's now in the 10-day DL for a hamstring strain. But those guys play every day. It's just a, yeah. a it's a mantra. They they inherited it from Chipper Jones, who Freddie Freeman, his hero was Chipper Jones. Chipper would never willingly take a day off for rest. Freddie Freeman was the same way. Then Acuna, Austin Riley, those guys inherited that work ethic from Freddie Freeman. And now when Matt Olson joins the team, they just don't take days off. Ozzie Albies. They've got their prime guys in the lineup every single day. They've stayed healthy. It's just a great hitting ball club. They're the odds-on favorite to win the World Series right now. I'm still skeptical of their starting pitcher when you get past Max Freed. Um, they need a little work. They've got some inconsistency, but their lineup is you wanted, legit. You wanted an addition at the deadline. I wanted a starting pitcher. I wanted someone who could be your three three man in the rotation in a playoff series. That I'd feel better about. I mean, they they are Spencer Strider. Also, I should I should throw in there as a guy you can rely on for the most part. They, they have uh, last five games leading they, the majors in strikeouts, and I know you know this. That the Braves have outscored the Mets and Yankees by a total of fifty-one to thirteen through ESPN stats and info. That plus thirty-eight run differential is their best in a five-game span since August of nineteen fifty-seven, and that ball club went on to win the World Series. I would hope so back in 1957. That's dominant, and that's more than that. That's record-setting uh, streaks that if they continue, uh, I mean, it's, it's more than just, uh, oh, the Atlanta Braves are trying to roll it back. Not only are they trying to run it back, they are insanely better than what we've seen the last couple of years. It's incredible. I think it was Andre 3000 of, out, of Outcast. At the 1995 Source <laughs> Awards, where all the East Coast, West Coast, Coast beef was taking place. Okay. And Outkast won Best New Artist, and they got booed <laughs> by the New York crowd because they wanted to see you know, an East Coast guy get it. And they were Atlanta. They were down south. But a famous line from Andre 3000 when he accepted the award, he said, the South's got something to say. We're looking at it right now. Hello, New York. The South's got something to say. Atlanta is taking it to both ball clubs in your city currently, and uh, they're going to be around for a while. They have team-favorable contracts locked up with their core young guys for the next five to seven years. It is remarkable how good this team should stay year after year. And it do they don't come across as individuals that are going to demand more or hold out. Maybe no. maybe they get to that, but I mean, with the massive contracts and, and owners that are now spending well above, they took the the money based on where they were in their career and the youth involved. Well, John Smoltz was on the broadcast last night of Braves Yankees for Bally Sports with the Braves home broadcast with Jeff Francoeur, and he, he was saying, you know, some of it is luck. He said the Braves are a great organization. He's like, that's not luck. You know, getting Austin Riley and Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albies locked up. That's not luck. That's, that's good foresight in the contracts they got. But an example he gave was they lose Dansby Swanson. They can't pay everyone. Dansby Swanson was a key guy for this team the last few years, right? He goes to the Cubs. They just elevate Orlando Arcia to an everyday player, and he's a starter in the All-Star game. He said, that's luck. That's good fortune. You, no one knew Orlando Arcia was going to have this type of season at shortstop for the Braves. That was an example of something good happening. 
but they've been very injured with their pitching staff. And they're, Max Freed, he's now got three mm. starts under his belt coming back. Look good. Um, I'm telling you, this is uh, this is the team to beat right now in Major League Baseball. Ted, you mentioned the, the uh, Andre 3000 saying the South has something to say. Uh, James Harden certainly did while in China uh, discussing uh, the the former general manager of the Houston Rockets that had a great rapport with Harden then. Now he's the president of basketball operations with the Philadelphia 76ers, Harden's current team, uh, Daryl Morey. And uh, the relationship goes back uh, years because we mentioned uh, yesterday and seeing a screenshot of the whenever uh, Morey left the Rockets, he took out a full-page ad in the, the Houston Chronicle, and the photo at the top was with him and James Harden throughout that era. Uh, called Maury a, a liar and, and doubled down on it while speaking in an Adidas uh, unveiling in China and certainly made headlines, not because of the location, but how disgruntled James Harden is with Maury now because Harden opted in to the final year option for the player, which is a, a $35, $36 million option that he accepted under the, the idea, at least from Harden and those reporting on the league, under the idea that Maury had agreed that they were going to do everything possible to try to trade him. Uh, Harden wants to go to the Clippers. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And from the 76ers end of it, they're now saying, and, and Maury is saying, hey, my stance hasn't changed. Uh, we're not planning on moving him. We want him a part of this team. Well, now Harden is upset. And Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, had a story at ESPN saying that Harden was disgruntled. Well, Kyrie Irving came to Harden's defense in a response to the tweet that linked the story saying, is he disgruntled, Adrian, or is he holding Daryl Morey accountable for his dishonesty and lack of transparency throughout the contract negotiation process this summer? Normally... I sit here and look at this and go, yeah, the, the organization holds the power here. If you're in under contract, you're under contract. That doesn't happen, though, in the NBA. Well, they operate by a different playbook. And that's why I look at this and think, if he opted in under the guise that he was going to be traded, this is the power of the NBA player. And for whatever reason, if that was agreed to, normally that's what happens. In this case, Maury's saying, hey, uh, yeah, we're – we're sticking put. We're not getting what we want in return. We're not really chatting about trading James Harden. And now Harden's going vocal, and he's doing it by calling his president of operations a liar. Well, we are a believer that words matter on this show. The word was disgruntled, okay? <laughs> Is he disgruntled? A new segment on the show I'm going to call, let's go to the dictionary. <laughs> let's go to the dictionary. Marion Webster, disgruntled. Someone who is unhappy and or annoyed. That is the very definition of James Harden. That is why he wanted to be traded, because he was unhappy and annoyed with the 76ers organization. It was disgruntled James Harden that entered the room having asked for a contract or having asked to be traded that signed the contract in the understanding that Daryl Morey would then trade him after signing that one-year option, right? Well, he's not found the price that he wants back for James Harden so far, so he hasn't been able to deal him. But I, I, Kyrie Irving looks like an idiot here because when you're asking, well, Adrian, is he disgruntled? Of course he's disgruntled. He's asked for a trade. He is a disgruntled 
Philadelphia 76ers player under contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. If you look up disgruntled in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, you will see James Harden's beard in there. So, yes, he's disgruntled. Well, maybe, you can defend him without saying something stupid. Maybe they should have. he should have used different words instead of disgruntled. Maybe annoyed, irritated, testy, bellyaching, crabbing. Crabby James Harden That's instead of disgruntled. Again, let's go to the dictionary. New segment on the show. Discontent. If someone has a problem with a word they've been called, we go to the dictionary. Pissed. These all describe James Harden. By the way, they also all describe Kyrie Irving at different points in his well, career. And, so and, maybe he's just being a little sensitive the because average he knows NBA it's also player, him. Honestly. Yeah, but it's also a league, though, that does things after the fact, that after a deal is done. It's a league that if you want a player and you're, you're trading for you're trading up in the draft – the team that you're trading with drafts the player that you want, and then it becomes official after the draft that that team traded for said player. Um, so it's 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 a little backwards. And in both both things that Kyrie mentioned in the response to Woj are correct. Uh, he's yes, he is disgruntled. You're right, and he's also calling out the dishonesty of Maury uh, in, in the statements made. And and Harden's agent tried to get him not to make the public statement at that Adidas event. Yeah, because he knows it's not going to help him get traded or help him with anything. And also, only those two men know what was said between the two of them and probably his agent. Yeah, but it, it's, it has right, because been. Because if it's, if it's a, I promise you, you will be traded by this date. You have my word. Now sign this piece of paper. Then Daryl Morey is a liar for not getting it done by then. But was it that or was it? We are going to make every effort to trade you. I believe we can make it happen. Sign the one-year extension. We're going to work hard to make it happen. Well, he's not lying if he is making every effort to trade him because they have spoken with teams. They're just not getting the asking price they want for James Harden in return. So two different things. And they're the only two that know it. And Daryl Morey may have lied to him. that's, That's also very much a possibility. But to act like, James Harden isn't disgruntled. This whole thing started because he's disgruntled, because he wanted out, and he was under contract. That's how all this happened. So uh, maybe he promised him, maybe he didn't. But Harden also forced his way out of Brooklyn and did that successfully. Yep. And he's trying to do it again here uh, under a, a final year of a contract and then double it up by potentially going to the Clippers. He's also, like, according to reports, naming his team as well which doesn't seem like it's going to end well for Harden one way or the other. Uh, but th- the speculation is, through the insiders in the league, Chad, is that that was the promise. But again, is that the contract? No. But normally, the player gets his way in the NBA. I went from hating this construct in the NBA where players just name their destination publicly of where they're going to go and who they want to play with, and then magically GMs and owners and everyone and other players make it happen. Hated it when it started with the big three in Miami and LeBron James and Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Then I learned to love it a little bit with all the offseason drama that the NBA causes. They own their offseason, and they get a lot of drama going. And now I'm, this is all cyclical. I'm back to hating it again. I, I hate this story. I hate that he's naming the Clippers. I, I hate that he can pull the strings and make this happen. And I, for one, am kind of happy that there's a GM out there willing to say, yeah, we're not getting the price that we want, so shut up and dribble. Shut up and play. You're a Philadelphia 76er. I kind of like that for once. And I'm not always on the owner's side or the team's side on these things. 
But when it comes to the NBA and this mess that happens all the time, I'm okay with it. And with Harden quite a bit. And, and players Especially with James Harden, yeah, who's and, never happy. Or, or never at the very top of the, uh, the ladder in terms well, of Well, also James Harden, who, let's face it, shows up fat at times to, to the start of an NBA season. Yeah. I mean, he acts like he's an NFL player in 1972 that worked an off-season job that has to get in shape when they get to training camp. You are a paid professional basketball player. Don't yeah. gain 25 pounds in the offseason. He's also, I mean, most, he did win MVP in 2018. Um, and a six-man award, I believe, what, a decade ago or so? Maybe longer than Man, that. I miss those uh, Oklahoma City Thunder teams. Those Durant, yeah. Westbrook, and him. Yeah. That was back when all those guys were so likable. Like and that team was the darlings of the NBA, and it was it, they were even more likable. because They lost to the Heat in the, the finals. Yes, because of the super team. Yep. The the beginning of what is now the league currently. Although I think they've done a good job, and it's through the stars. It's not through the league of maintaining superstar status in some smaller markets. Uh, Giannis comes to mind there, uh, and look, John ja Morant is a star that is going down the wrong path. But he signed the Supermax extension with Memphis. Uh, and, of course, what's going on in Denver with Jokic. I mean, it's, we're starting to see tentpole players in different markets instead of everyone you know, joining forces and going to Miami. Or maybe we like that. Because we just referenced the era when we liked Oklahoma I, City. I, uh, call me crazy. I like oh, well. it when this happens. When a team gets a GM, they have an owner, and they hire a GM and a coach. And that GM is in charge of drafting players to the team. And they're in charge of scouting talent and drafting them and then trying to sign them to long-term extensions and making trades around those players as opposed to the players signing a contract one year into a four-year deal saying, I'm disgruntled, I'm unhappy, get me out of here. And, and it comes from that's what I like a, a player ripping a, G, a GM and president who is always, speaking of temples, Wave the flag for James Harden throughout his NBA career. Coming up, Michael McHenry joins us on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. I want to hear, but it's like this the South got something to say. That's all I got to say. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on. Glad you're with us here on Outkick. Michael McHenry joins us with the very latest across Major League Baseball. The Fort Major League Baseball analyst, Michael McHenry. Good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Everything's great. Good to see you guys. Hope uh, life's treating you well down in Nashville. No doubt. Uh, and uh, Chad is ecstatic because of his Braves. I mean, this is uh, an offensive output that is... What a fun weekend, Michael. Man. If, you're, if you're a Braves <laughs> fan, the, the hated Mets, and you just uh, waltz up to, to Queens and just curb stomp the Mets in a, in a four game series. It was great. Yeah. I, I think the Mets are actually in therapy now and then the pirates come to town, they beat them up. But yeah, it was a uh, interesting weekend for 
all Mets fans and the Braves fan have to be ecstatic. I mean, you think about having a rivalry and you just go in and score a couple touchdowns, a couple extra points, and then walk away and say, yeah, we did our job. I mean, they've just been phenomenal all year long. They haven't stopped. And I was just with them. Getting to see some of the coaching staff and Sal Fasano, Walt Weiss, and those guys, the the team they have is just really, really special, guys. I don't I don't think I can express that enough, how cool this team is and how much they love each other and they actually fight for each other. You don't see that a lot in professional sports anymore. This team has one heartbeat. Well, and you, um, you've talked about this a lot, Michael, the culture of that team that really came to light in that run in 2021 where they won the World Series. But part of that culture is not taking days off. I mean, they're star players. They're, they're simply not taking the ma- maintenance day that you see most stars across the league take every now and again. Now Ozzie Albies has strained his hamstring up in New York, missed the first start after 117 games started this season. Last night he's on the 10-day DL. Is that what you fear with that mentality? It is like a wear and tear injury like that, or is that just a coincidence and what do you make of that culture with the Braves playing every single day? Well, first with the culture, uh, I think you set a uh, precedence when you start signing guys. You give the opportunity for guys to play every single day. If they're not under contract, a lot of times guys have to protect their future. They have to protect themselves. When they're under contract, they know they're there. So they're willing to go out with a short, sore hamstring. They're willing to go out with a sore arm and go do some things that maybe other guys wouldn't be willing to do. And that's the culture they've created around. They have a lot of guys that are bleeding you know, that brave blue. They're not scared to go out there and play with a nick, a tear, or anything. They're just willing to go out and play. And then when you think about maintenance, I, I hate that word. This game is not lived very long when you're a player. You kind of go out and play. If you have the opportunity to play and you don't have anything hanging away from your body, you go out and play. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're setting that old school precedence. And I think that comes from the top down. You know, usually I say it comes from the bottom, but in this case, the Braves had a GM that cares. He comes down and asks and says, hey, what do you think about this guy? We're thinking about bringing him in into spring training. We're trading for him and then vice versa. They have a lot of guys around the clubhouse and that coaching staff that have that old school mentality, but they're not willing to not listen to the new school stuff as well. So they have a good blend that has brought a really good culture and they're willing to do whatever it takes to win on that given day. And that's including putting almost the exact same line out every single day. And you're going to get hurt one way or another. It's not helping other teams keep guys on the field that aren't playing guys every day. So the reality of it is they've actually done an incredible job, something that hasn't been done since the 40s, I believe it was, or the 70s, with having the top four guys go out, play every single day until I always just got hurt. Over the last five games, 51 to 13 is the score for the Braves winning. Uh, uh, over uh, Winning the scoreboard by 38 runs. It, in your career, Ford, is there a... Is there a team that comes to mind, a lineup that comes to mind that you knew just going in, your, your club knew going in, we have to rake if we're going to win. We have to score a certain number on the, on the board in order to have a chance to win this game or this series. Yeah, uh, 2015, the Dodgers started putting a lot of things together. It's when Max Muncy started showing up. They, they still had the likes of, you know, uh, Hanley Ramirez, uh, Adrian Gonzalez. They had a lot of really, really good players. And it seemed like they were always hot when we played them. So I would say the Dodgers in 2015. And then I'm going to date myself a little bit, but you know, the last couple of years of Albert Pools and St. Okay. Louis, how yeah. good that team was. They were remarkable. I mean, I know David's freeze got a lot of love, but you know, when you look back and you kind of see the teams that Texas and St. Louis were putting out when they played in that world series, those teams could absolutely mash. I mean, they were scoring a touchdown a game. It felt like, and it was just really special. Some of the guys that were on the team, a lot of Hall of Famers in the next couple of years are going to be inducted from those teams because that's how good they were.
So in the National League, Braves, Dodgers, sort of in a class by themselves right now. After that, how close are the Phillies? Not knowing that they're probably starting a little bit too late to ever catch the Braves in the division, but a team that got hot a year ago and went to the World Series, they're figuring it out right now, Michael. How close are the Phillies to the Braves and Dodgers? Well, if you mention the Phillies, you can't not mention the Marlins. You know, that, that team's really close to it. It seems like they did a lot of good things in that trade uh, at that trade deadline to bring a better culture together, and they're really smashing the baseball. They just went back-to-back-to-back to back to back the other day to win a game. Josh Bell's been absolutely on fire, but when you think about the Phillies, you look at back what they did last year. They've got their team leader back in Bryce Harper. He's playing a lot of first base, which has got to fire the fan base up, and what they did for Trey Turner recently I thought was absolutely phenomenal to be able to show, hey, this is what we believe, and we believe in you. When they started cheering for him, he's hitting 240, really been struggling, no power after a huge World Baseball Classic. And then all of a sudden, he's hitting 370 over eight, nine days and just absolutely mashing the baseball because he feels like the city just took him and threw him on, on their back and said, hey, we love you. We wanted you here. We believe in you. And they started giving him a standing O when he comes a, a walking to the plate, which is remarkable. I mean, you just don't hear stuff like that and how they came together and figured out, hey, this is what we're going to do is even cooler. Michael McHenry, our guest on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here on Outkick. Uh, anyone ever come up and offer to name their newborn fort if you hit a home run? Well, I was expecting you guys, you know, if you have any more kids, I, I expect you, know, you guys to mention it to me. You know, I, I, I want to name our kid Fort. So, we is that okay, it. guys? I, I, I'm, I'm with it. I, I like it, yeah. <laughs> no, that's I mean, never it, happened. I've asked, I've asked me to si- uh, actually sign a baby, and I didn't know what to do. Um, I, so what did you I, do? I, I signed the baby. I, had, <laughs> I, I, I was like, okay, yeah. The little fat arm, I just took it. And, How uh, many signatures were, were on the baby? Just mine. That was oh, the weirdest wow. part. And I'm like, if you name a do? child four, you're guaranteeing that child will be a pro athlete. That, that's the way Has I to look be. at it. Or yeah. a, a military or guard, uh, or dignitary of some sort, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it could be that too. Well, there's a, there's a fan who uh, told Mookie Betts, hey, if you hit a home run, I'm going to name my newborn daughter uh, after you. And in fact... That happened. I uh, mean, middle name Mookie after the homer. What a cool name, though. I mean, it could be a lot worse. You know, at least it's it's Mookie Betts. I mean, you could say, hey, I named I named you after Mookie, and like, who's Mookie? You know, 10, 20 years from now, look back and say, wow, Hall of Famer outfielder, shortstop, second baseman, dude did a little bit of everything. It's a really really cool name. It's also a middle name. You know, who cares? Uh, yeah, like, go all in, you know, like if you're really going to do this, it's, it's, call the child Mookie, name it Mookie. Middle names can be hidden. You know, it's, it's a, it's a fun story for a middle name. Touche. Well said. Fort, yeah, Fort would be a first name. name. All in. Uh, Major League Baseball attendance. We, we've seen some shattering uh, records in terms of the last decade or so uh, with fans going to the ballpark. What do you make of this? And this is now nearly double-digit straight weekends of attendance continuing to rise. I think it's more to that World Baseball Classic. I, I think it kicked it off. I think what they brought with the energy and everything else kind of brought a whole nother life to baseball. And then you mix in the rule changes and kind of how steady it's been all year long. And we we did have a three-hour and 45-minute game the other day in doubleheader. It was absolutely miserable. But most of these games are ending 215, 225, and fans have a little bit more predictability. So they can go out and know, hey, this is what we're doing. 
and we still have some of our day left. I know that fans like that. And there's a lot more entertainment. I mean, just the upgrades they did at PNC. I mean, new LED scoreboard, all types of different events going on around the stadium. And I think baseball is doing a really good job just speaking to the fans. I still think they can do a better job, especially the older fans. They're kind of pushing them away and trying to get so much in that new fan base. But they've done a really good job to make sure that, hey, these games are entertaining, they're fast, and there's a lot of good players, and they're trying to promote those players best they can. They've done a better job. No, I don't think it's a uh, a knock on Major League Baseball when I ask this question. Do you think, I mean, ticket prices have remained the same, if not gone up, I'm guessing. Are they papering areas around their, their cities to get younger uh, younger, maybe a more attentive audience than what they would have before based on the the length of the game and trying to build an audience for a next generation by handing out some freebies on weekends. Again, uh, it's not a knock. I'm just curious if that's the reason because they're not saying about uh, the, the, uh, the revenue. They're just pointing to butts and seats. I'm sure they're doing that. I mean, we, we do a dollar, dollar hot dog day and, you know, especially when school gets in session when Pitt yeah. is in town, you're going to have a lot of kids there. And I think they've done a better job of promoting things that, you know, 18 to 25 year olds want to come and do. And they've had really good concerts. They had a post-game concert just recently with uh, Gabby Barrett. And it pretty much helped us sell out that game. I mean, she's a local star. She lives in Nashville. They're doing a really good job of kind of stacking things together to not only, hey, here's the product on the field. We're not playing as good as we should have. But hey, we have an awesome concert in it then. Hey, we have this thing going on right before the game. And then just like the battery in Atlanta, if you've never seen it or never been there, I can't wait to go. It's remarkable. A lot of teams are doing that. St. Louis is doing it. We just bought almost $150 million worth of uh, land around the stadium. The Pittsburgh Pirates did. And we're going to do the exact same thing. That's going to bring in that young crowd, that tailgating aspect that you want to see. It's really fun that they're starting to try to do a lot more like football and basketball has done to bring that young fan base. From the positive to the negative, this Wander Franco deal Mm -hmm. in Tampa is a mess. Investigation into a social media allegation of an inappropriate relationship with a minor. That that post was deleted. Um, Just a bad situation, though, all around when you talk about one of the great young stars in the game, Michael. Yeah, and just about five years ago, it happened in Pittsburgh. Uh, there was an inappropriate relationship, and Felipe Vasquez is still in prison. And that's the reality. You're gonna you're gonna have consequences to certain things that you do. You're not invincible. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete. Doesn't matter if you're a superstar. You you're not invincible. You're gonna have some type of consequence. And Major League Baseball's got this under investigation. If it gets into the legal system, you know, God help his soul. And I. I I'll be praying for him. I'll be praying for this entire situation. You never want to see it and that he has a change of heart and that it was maybe just a mishap. But at the end of the day, we got to let it play out and see what happens. You know, Major League Baseball is going to come down as hard as possible because they don't like just about anything that makes them look bad. And they've come down hard on worse situations. So we'll see what happens. But this is one of the young stars. It's the one of the young guys we were just talking about. They're putting butts in the seats because he's exciting. He's fun. He does a lot of you know, interesting things. He flipped the ball when he played against us up in the air and caught it and then threw it across the diamond, which you just don't see. It looked like a Harlem Globetrotter. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come down on this. There's been a lot of different things happen over the last couple of years, but this is one of them that I've seen a guy go to prison. It's year five. Michael McHenry, our guest, uh, final minute or so. Uh, fantasy football drafts are coming up just around the corner. Uh, a, a loser from last year had to pay up. Uh, Dave Fleming is the announcer for the Giants. Tell us what he had to do. He was the bat boy for the day. 
And that's a humbling, that's a humbling experience. If you've never done that, that is a very, very tough job. I mean, you're bringing out seeds, you're cleaning up the dugout afterwards. You have to pick up the ball. Like you're in Wimbledon, you're running across. It was price. They didn't even give him a number. That was my favorite part. I think <laughs> and he had to run out there. He had no number, no name. A lot of times they'll give these bat boys, you know, their all own authentic Jersey. No, not, not him. He didn't deserve it. He lost in fantasy football and they made him pay. And I love, it's love great. that. I love when they do fun stuff like that. That's the way it should be. It's a kid's game. Chad, is, what's worse, uh, having to dress up and sing at a Walmart as Harry Styles or being a bat boy for the day? Um, I'd love to be a bat boy for the day. So that's not even a punishment to me. I, I hear that and I'm like, this is my childhood dream to be a bat boy for a major league team. So even as an adult, I'd love to try it out one time. So I'm, I'm all for it. But I, I love the fun stakes also with it. Yeah, same. Uh the Fort. Michael McKendry has been our guest. Always great, man. Uh, keep up the great work and uh, can't wait to have you back on the show soon. I can't wait as well. And uh, Chad, I promise if you want to be a bad boy, I can make that happen. I'm in. Let can me know happen. when and where. Uh, I'm, I'm there. I'll, I'll get sunflower seeds. I will humble myself. Whatever's necessary. <laughs> Big League Chew. I'll bring that for the players, whatever they need. I'll, I'll, do, I'll, be, the spotter, I'll be the spotter for you in the booth if you yeah. need it. I'll while, hustle uh, too. While Chad's the best security, huh? I'll hustle be like security. Kramer yeah. at the U.S. The Open, fort. getting the tennis That's balls. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, I'll, I'll show that level. That of will hustle. guarantee that uh, Chad's uh, next uh, daughter, maybe son, will be named Fort if you do this. Yeah, middle name. It's done. For <laughs> I'll, I'll cop out like that lady and go <laughs> middle name. Got only. it, got Michael. It. Good to see you, man. Appreciate you. Coming up after two years of getting a raise or staying put, where's? Jim Harbaugh going to be in 2024? We'll discuss next.